Now for our first scripture, we look at the book of Exodus. My subject this morning is too big for any of us, but I'll do what I can. And it is a form of a question, what is the glory of God? What is the glory of God? And let me give you a simple answer. The glory of God is His redemption. The fact that He saves sinners by His almighty grace, His redemption. Well, then that brings up another question. What is His redemption? You see, when you investigate things, you have to just keep going. What is His redemption? Exodus chapter 6. We'll read one verse here, and then we'll go over to the New Testament in way of answering that question. Exodus 6, verse 6. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord... And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with a great judgment. I believe as Brother Bill prayed a while ago, he said, Lord, I thank you for my Redeemer. I believe he said that. That's what I heard anyway. I thank you for my Redeemer. Well, what does that mean? That means Brother Bill has been brought out from under the burdens of sin and those who would cause him to sin. And he's been brought out from under bondage. He was thanking the Lord that he's not any longer in bondage, but he has been brought out from under bondage. And in the Lord said, I will redeem, all right, and redemption is being brought out from under bondage and being rid of those who would cause you to be under bondage. Now go over to the New Testament, if you will, please, in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3 and verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us. There it is again, redeemed That's redemption. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. You're brought out from under bondage and you have been brought out from under the curse of the law. And he did that by being made a curse for us. He became a curse instead of you. 
And He took your place under the curse of God, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So the Lord Jesus was made a curse, and when He was made a curse, we were brought out from under bondage, and we were brought out from under the curse of the law as we believed on Him. You see, that's what this thing called redemption is. All of those things being brought out from under a curse and brought out from under bondage. And that means now we are free. Aren't you glad you're free this morning? Free. We're free in Christ. We're not under the curse. We're not under bondage. We're free. So the glory of God is His redemption. Exodus. Again, chapter 33, we'll see that redemption is the glory of God. Exodus chapter 33. Now let's see what's happening here in Exodus 33. We'll begin over with verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. That's what you said to me, Moses said to God that I found grace in your sight, and now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. There's there's the rest again, not under bondage. You're in rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. If you're not with us, Lord, we don't want to go. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? And so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. There's glory. Show me thy glory. 
And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And God said, Thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by. My glory is going to pass by you that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. We find here in this scripture the first mention of the glory of God. If you want to know what glory is, look for the first mention of it. And this is the first mention of the glory of God in the Word of God. And in verse 18, Moses made a request of Almighty God, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Wouldn't you like to see that? When you came here this morning, did you kind of, in your heart, you hoped in your heart, I pray I'll see the glory of God today. Wouldn't that be something to see the glory of God? Oh, if we could come here with the object of seeing the glory of God. Surely, if God is a living person, and not just a creed of some kind, and surely, if God is alive, and the good news about His Son is the good news of that, which brings glory to God. Surely if the Old Testament that speaks so much about the Shekinah glory that will fill the temple and the glory that clothed Adam and Eve before they sinned, and surely the Old and the New Testament speak so much about glory, the glory of God, then surely the greatest thing on earth that could happen to any eternity-bound human being would be to get a glimpse of God's glory. Moses said, Lord, I beg you, show me thy glory. And the Lord said, All right, here it is. Here it is, but before I show it to you, 
Before you see my glory, let me remind you of something. And verse 20, And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. You see me, you die. I want to remind you of that, Moses. But I'll tell you, Moses, what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you see my glory without dying. There's a rock over here. The Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. There's a rock over here by me. And you come and stand on that rock. Verse 21, The Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You come over here, Moses, and stand by me on this rock. And I put my hand over the cleft in that rock, but when you get on that rock, I'll take my hand away where you can see. But what you see won't be my holy face, it'll only be the back parts, so that you will not die. Now Moses wanted to see God's glory very badly, didn't he? Would to God that some of us could be as Moses and desire to see the glory of God when we come here to worship. The Lord said, Moses, I'll grant your request, but not completely, because if I completely grant your request, you can't take it. It'll kill you. According to the gospel of the glory of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. That's what Paul said over in the New Testament about the glory of God, according to the gospel of the glory of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. If I could, before I quit preaching, if I could one time preach on God's glory, it would meet every need that I have. It would encourage my faith and put unction in my voice and tears in my heart and joy on the way to heaven, the glory of God. 
Have you missed it? And have I missed it? Have we missed the glory of God? We come here week after week, but have we come here in vain? Because if we do not see the glory of God, there's no need for us to be here. The glory of God seen in the gospel concerns His Son. His Son is His glory, and that rock that Moses stood on was the Lord Jesus Christ. And that which we take for granted is so wonderful that this generation has never gotten a glimpse of the glory in the cross of Christ. We say we want to hear Christ preached, and we don't see the glory when He is preached. The gospel of God's glory, the gospel of God's marvelous grace is in Christ's own that cross. Listen to this scripture. You don't need to turn here. Just listen to it. It's in Christ on that cross. And here it is. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. That's where the knowledge of the glory of God is. It's in the face of Jesus Christ. It's not anywhere else. You can't find it anywhere else except in the face of Jesus Christ. Now that's where you'll find the glory of God. Grace, the best definition of grace I've ever found is this, in spite of. Grace is in spite of. God gets glory in spite of us. I have never found a man that I thought God could use, but he uses men in spite of them. And he will use me in spite of me. And you will get a blessing from me in spite of me. I've never preached in a church that deserved a single bit of God's blessing. Never have. This one doesn't deserve a single bit of God's blessing. But God blesses in spite of. And if we get a blessing here this morning, it will be in spite of us. Oh, the depth of the grace of God. It's in His grace that He gives us a little glimpse of His glory. Now, Moses, are you ready? Are you ready, Moses? 
got you in the cleft of the rock and my hand is before you so that you can't see me because if you did, you would die. So I'm going to give you a little glimpse of my glory. You want to see it, Moses? Here it is. Here it is, verse 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Now listen to me. The gospel of the glory of God has three points. Three points. Number one, the story of the goodness of God. If God wasn't good, you wouldn't be here this morning. You'd already be in hell. He's a good God. And number two, the proclamation that God must do right and He may show mercy. He must do right and He may show mercy. And number three, the story of the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. The authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I have found anything out from the Scriptures, it's this. It's the sovereign mercy of a thrice holy God. If I have found anything out, that's what it is. It's a gospel that's not soaked with the goodness of God, only, but it is soaked with the goodness of God, and if it's not soaked with the goodness of God, then it is not the gospel of God. A gospel that does not proclaim the utter authority, the absolute authority over everything, over men and women and events and everything else is not the gospel of God. If it does not give the preeminence and the rest of what God does, all glory and all authority if it's not given in the only begotten Son of God, it cannot be the gospel of God's glory. He does it all. He has it all. He gives it all. The gospel that preaches the Lord Jesus as any other place but sitting on the throne Exercising all authority is not the gospel of the glory of God. It's just not. And you can say, well, that's another kind of gospel. That has no relation to the gospel of God. If he's not sitting on a throne with all authority... And God says here, look at it, verse 19, I will proclaim the name. 
I will proclaim the name. And what he said there, I will proclaim the authority of the Lord. The name is the authority of the Lord. And then the gospel brings us into that realm of mystery. That realm of mystery that treats of God as being gracious to whom he will. That's what it says here. We'll be gracious to whom I will, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Now listen, the gospel is not the gospel of God if it doesn't preach about the God who shows mercy to whom He will. Now the issue today is whether we will preach a gospel that leaves people with one thing they can brag about. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in this one thing, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if one person can glory one bit in self, they don't know the gospel of the glory of God. They don't know it. People say, today, I accepted Jesus. I made a decision. I was looking for God, and so forth, and so forth, and I is always in there somewhere. I don't even understand verse 19, but I know what it says. It says this, God's sovereign saving mercy is not owed to men. It is not something that men deserve. It is not something that men command of God, because if it is, it's no longer mercy. You do something, and God must do something. That's the preaching today. Who gets the glory? You do. Because you did something. And I say to you, if you would just quit doing something, you may come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Quit doing something. And just look to him and say, Lord, if you will, if you will. We're in a religious system now that tells us it's no longer mercy. That every man is entitled to be a recipient of God's mercy. This is taught and preached and ingrained in mankind. Then the offense of the gospel of the glory of God is this, that if a man is entitled to God's mercy, then there's no such thing as mercy. If a man's entitled to it. Mercy is something that undeserving people receive. Do you deserve mercy? Then you never have received it. 
Paul said, It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And to talk of deserving mercy is a contradiction of terms. God gave mercy. He didn't pay it. And if a sinner insists on justice, he'll get it. You know what justice is? It's hell. That's what justice is. If you want justice, you get ready to go on to hell because that's where you're going. I don't want justice. I want mercy. Oh, God, have mercy on me. According to the gospel of the glory of the blessed God. Redeem. Redemption. Now, redemption is closely related to the word salvation. But more specific, it denotes the means by which salvation is achieved, namely by the payment of a ransom. You got it? By the payment of a ransom. Bought out of the slave market. That's what redemption has to do with. When Hosea went down to get Gomer back out of the slave market, that's what he did. He paid the price of her redemption and brought her home with him. The payment of a ransom bought out of the slave market. Where did redemption take place? Look at Luke chapter 23. I'll show you where it took place. Luke chapter 23, verse 33. 23, 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary... There they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. When they came to a place called Calvary, they crucified him. And when they crucified him, redemption took place at Calvary. Calvary, their God who delights to show mercy, poured out His wrath on His only begotten Son. Calvary, their God who clothes the lilies of the field, left His Son naked under the burning sky. Calvary, their God who hears the raven's call, answered not the agonizing cry of His own Son. Calvary, their God, who forms the cool springs of earth and sends rain even on the unjust, heard his son cry, I thirst, and gave him no drink. Calvary, their God, who never leaves us alone, and who said, Lo, I'm with you always, left his dear son there to die and to suffer his wrath alone. Can you imagine it? Can you get hold of it? 
Oh, the holy fingers of God formed the thorns that crowned his brow, the nails that pierced his hands and feet were made from things that God designed. The tree on which his son's body hung was designed by God's own hand. That's where redemption took place, on Calvary, where his son was hung up to die. And you dare come here and you don't have your heart broken. We ought to go to hell if we can come in here and not have our heart broken by what happened to him. And who was it that put him there? It was you and your sin that put him there. And we can come in here and we can look at everybody else and say they ought to have been so bad to crucify him. You're the one that crucified him. Calvary. Who did he redeem? We're talking about redemption now. Who did he redeem? Romans chapter 5. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 5. We'll see who he redeemed. Romans 5 and verse 6, first of all. Romans 5, 6. Who did he redeem? Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. Now verse 8. Who did he die for? God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were sinners, sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, enemies, you're an enemy of God, you come in here and play while I talk about Christ. Everybody ought to go to hell and do that. Don't ever come in here and play. If when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. So we see that redemption is not a reward for the righteous. It's not a divine favor for the faithful. Everything that God did in Christ was for sinners. And if you're not a, an awful, wicked sinner, then He didn't die for you. Not little sinners, because there's no such thing as little sinners, only big sinners. And what was the price of redemption? What did it cost? Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts 20.28, what did this redemption cost? We've seen that it cost the Son of God His blood, but who was He? Acts 20 and verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves to all the flock of God, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, 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 which He hath purchased with His own blood. God, the Son of God was God in flesh. 
He purchased with His own blood sinners. You mean to tell me you're not glad of that? Oh, I'm so happy about that, that He purchased me with His own blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Redeemed. Redeemed. How were we redeemed? By the payment of a ransom. What a word this redemption is. What a word that brings glory to God. What a word redeemed from judgment, redeemed from wrath, redeemed from death, redeemed from sorrow, redeemed from pain, redeemed from hell. And we're redeemed to some things. We were redeemed to justification, redeemed to peace, redeemed to life, redeemed to joy, redeemed to perfection, redeemed to heaven. Redeemed. And above all, we're to be in His presence forever. And all of that is what makes up the glory of God. The glory of God. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is everything that I've told you about this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ did on that cross. Redemption. Redemption. Glory. Glory. There's glory in redemption, the redemption that God gave us in His dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption. Are you redeemed? Why not? If you're not redeemed, did you know you hate God? Yes, you do. You're not going to bring God any glory. You hate God. That's the reason you haven't bowed your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. You hate God. Oh, I don't hate God. Yes, you do. Have you bowed your knee to Him? Why, no, not yet. When then you hate God? Come on now. The Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I've been to Calvary. I can say, I've seen the Lord. I've been to Calvary through the witness of His Word. And each day at Calvary, what a thrill of love divine. Just to think, just to know that this Savior is mine. Love divine, this Savior is mine. I'm redeemed by Him. And therefore, I bring God His just glory. Amen. I, oh, I want Him to get more and more. But there, 
I can't give him any more than what Christ has given him. So when I say I give him more glory, I can't do that because it's all in Christ. I've given God all the glory because I gave it to Him and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what is the glory of God? I hope you've been helped a little bit to find out. Now let's stand for prayer, please. Lord, we're so glad that we can be here and hear of the glory of God and the fact that You redeemed us by Your grace. By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been redeemed. We thank You because of that redemption. Then we can bring glory to God. Thank You, Lord, that we can, through Your grace, bring You glory. May everyone here come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. May everyone here bow to Him. May every soul in this place bow before Him and receive Him as their only Lord and Savior. Oh, God, help us to bow before the glorious God. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Get your book now. I think there's some down here on the front seat. Look for your name on the book. I've given everyone a book. And I'd like for you to read it if you can, please. Amen.